revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? We are back, and we are back on a day where a lot of things are back. In fact, the Cubs are back. Jordan Spieth. Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid man. Easy there, Kool-Aid man. I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Jordan Spieth is back at the top. Right he, now, he's, he's talk, tied. He's tied for the... You talk so early. I do. Like, I speak early, but let me... He's like six holes into his second round right now. That's and fine. the weather is, is turning. I mentioned on one of our TV episodes earlier this week that I am riding the Jordan Spieth train because I've been so mean as of late to him and most of the top golfers. But like I said, a lot of things are back. The Open Championship is back. We get to enjoy British time zone issues that we don't... That keep us up late into the night or early into the morning, whichever way you want to look at it. So, guess who's I not I love back? how you can go to bed and like be watching the Open at like 1 in the morning and then wake up at like 10 or 11 and still you can watch it. You still watch it. It's still yeah, playing awesome. right now. And that's why most of our updates are going to be a little bit behind. Plus... Whenever you start listening to this on Saturday, the Open will already be going. Um, but there's somebody who's not back, and that's that's Jason Day. And that's I went out on a limb. I've been really rough on golfers. I've been explaining that for most of the weeks. I just I don't like how the top tier of golfers is not performing. I mean, Rory started the British Open hitting five bogeys of his first six holes. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's back. He's back though. He, minus he one. Finished. Yeah. He He's finished minus one. Plus one. He's minus one going into Saturday. Okay. So. Rory, nice little bounce back. Jason Day, after the first round, it's a nice birdie on 18 to go one under after round one. And then I wake up this morning, and this is one of those issues, though. This is where you're sleeping through the night. You wake you, up and you get screwed. You get screwed. You, wait, you sleep a beautiful rest, and you wake up hoping, because you're in a pool, you're betting on these golfers, and you're hoping that when you wake up, it's great news to start the day. I roll over, grab the phone, Jason Day's plus six. And I wonder how... Can this be? And now he's plus five overall. In danger of missing in the cut. Danger of missing another cut. Think like what's going on? He doesn't even have the vertigo going anymore, and I don't know what's going on. But I looked at his scorecard for this day, and it is just of the brutal variety. If you look at his his sixteenth, he double bogeyed. His seventeenth, a bogey, and then on eighteen, another double bogey. I mean, you could not finish a round any worse. Honestly, this score I think could be matched by Jared Rubin. Our good friend, who who would be here talking the British Open with us, but he is in Mexico right now for work. 
He's spending two whole weeks at the border of Mexico and Texas. Laredo, Texas. Laredo, Texas, doing some financial advising and other stuff for his company, Medline. Anyways, it'll just be me and Xander covering it today, but Jason Day, horrendous. And I, honest to God, I don't think he's going to make the cut. I think this line keeps bouncing back between plus four and plus five. I think it's going to finish at plus four. I think speed is going to I disagree. push it. You think it's going to finish at plus five? I think it's going to go five? a little lower. Um, yeah, as we're watching right now, obviously, there's still about... I think seven more hours of coverage, but I think the weather started to take a little bit of a turn on the last time we had it on, which was a couple minutes ago. Had the um, umbrellas almost starting to turn inside out, a lot of wind, um, you know, which isn't necessarily a big problem, but when it starts to rain too, uh, you know, all those different factors. I mean, these guys are the best in the world, but it definitely makes it tougher to do everything you want with the ball. So, I, you know, honestly, I love Matt Kuchar's position right now. I mean, he finished, he's in with a score of four under. Um, you got Kepka and Spieth at five under right now through four and five, respectively. So, you know, if, I, if I'm if i Matt Kuchar, I love where I'm sitting at. Yeah, it's the weather, like you said, it just changes constantly where, right. when they're playing over there. And to be plus one on the day for Kuchar really isn't that bad. You didn't fall far from the lead. And you're no, only, I mean, the fact and that the, he's the four under is... You could still be the leader at the end of the day. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. But i got to talk a little bit about my picks now because I've got a great guy in my third tier, Ian Poulter. God, you are happy some, about Poulter. Dude, he's doing some great Do you want to give a little background on the kind of pool that me and you entered ourselves yes. into? Yes, so this is actually Ethan's friend's pool, but how it works is there's five tiers of golfers that you can pick from, and at the end of the tournament, how you determine your final score is you multiply your golfer's earnings... Total earnings. T- total earnings times the tier that he's in. So... If you had your fifth tier golfer come in first, that'd be a much bigger advantage than, let's say, you taking Jordan Spieth and him coming in first because you get to multiply that by five times. Exactly, and Spieth would never be in the fifth tier. It's done by the world golf rankings, right. and the first tier is made up usually of the first top eight golfers, and then it starts breaking down in the rest of the tier. So my fifth tier, for example, is Steve Stricker, while yours is your favorite player of all time. The big easy, Ernie Els, who had a great first day and a rough second struggled, day. struggled the second day, but he's going to make the cut, and that's all I want for my five golfers to make the cut. I got Sergio, Ricky... Ernie, Ian Poulter, and Yulin. Yulin, who's plus two as well. So I'm I'm pretty happy where, with where I'm at right now. But you know, obviously, it makes it really interesting because if if you have a guy in your you know fourth or fifth tier that makes a run on Sunday, super exciting because you know if Ernie Els were to win the British Open for me, I, I considering that I'm the only person who has him, I would most likely I, I win. think you're the only one that has Poulter too which I think it's times three big. is a nice little it is big nice but that, that's where it gets interesting because you know if you take Spieth you have Spieth I have Ricky Fowler you know if they were to win it would be very big but you know if, if a guy then you need your court, other you need your other guys to right. show up if a guy in the fourth or fifth tier wins if you don't have that guy you're pretty much screwed I know and I it's, it's looking that way I'm harping on Jason Day a little bit but it was a feel-good story. Usually, how I do these pools is I love taking the master champ or the cha- the major champion beforehand. So I would usually have taken Kepka. Didn't go that route today. Again, still not a big enough name for me. Yeah, you went but, with the big name. You got screwed because Jason Day has been having such a tough year. A lot of personal things to start the year. Maybe a little injury along the way. It's just it was his bounce back opportunity. A little links golf. Not sure that's his best or that's not his strong suit, but I was hoping that he'd come and play. And honestly, after day one, I felt comfortable where he was. It's that minus one. I thought that was going to be a good lead in the way he finished yesterday into where he is now. 
Unfortunately, that's not the case. So right now, my top golfers are my fifth-tier golfer, Russell Henley, who just actually dropped a stroke, so he's even during on the tournament. He's in tied for 16th, where I also have Jason Spieth, who's tied for first. Spieth, hopefully you can hold on to this. It's going to be tough with the weather and everything. He did get to minus six early in the round two, but dropped the stroke pretty quick after. There's a lot of golf left. Yeah, it? I mean, obviously the most important thing is that you make it to Saturday. I mean, because anything, it anything yeah. can happen from there. You know, we're talking about the cut might be might be plus four, might be plus five. I don't know, might be plus six. But the the most important thing is that anybody can make a run in the last two days. But especially, you can't make a run if you don't get there. No, especially if Spieth and Kepka don't break away today. I know it's very early in yeah. their rounds. They're at five and four respectively. So. If they were to break, I, there is room for them to break away. If they have unbelievable rounds, they mm-hmm. beat this weather, and then it would make Saturday and Sunday tough for other people. But I don't think they're going to get much higher than five under or six under, and I think that keeps a lot of the people in. Your boy Ian Poulter would still be in the races for that. So we have a lot of golf to cover, but right. this is and- the sp- what do you guys say before we go? Well, I was going to say, I got one guy who has impressed me the most so far, but I'll talk about it after the break. Perfect. We will bring up Xander's impressive person right after the break, but you know where to find us is, is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. Also, watch our episodes on YouTube daily during the week. We couldn't make it to Blarney's Island, but we'll get back Blarney Island. We'll get back to that <laughs> the week after. I keep throwing the S's in there. Have a fantastic day. We'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. We're a little scared. As day two, I am not scared. I know you're not. Ian Poulter is charging off the leaderboard right now. So is Russell Bryant. Russell Bland. Bland. Not Brand. Not the actor. Bland. I don't even know if it's Russell. Englishman. The Americans took day one. I have a feeling we're going to see these two guys sitting on top at the end of day two. These Englishmen. They're coming back. I mean. They knew they lost the Revolutionary War. They know this is their one time to shine. That was a long time. It's a long time ago, but they're ready to fight for their country once again. And we're watching this leaderboard right now. And the Americans better hold tight because here come the British. So the British are coming. The British are coming. The The British are quoted (laughs) quoted by Paul Revere. But anyways. I wanted to talk about the leaderboard a little bit. Well, I don't get to tell my pick. That you get to, I left but that's what that's what I want. Board. I want your pick. Fine. I want your impressive pick, but that comes with the leaderboard. So I want you to point out where they are, and then who's impressing you the most right now. And then we're going to go into people we think that are on the rise and people on the decline. So, Xander, okay. who's impressing you right now? Well, I'll tell you what. We've already talked about him a little bit, but I need to give him some more love. Roy, Rory McIlroy. What he was able to do in round two, I thought, was super impressive. I mean, you look what he did. First nine holes when he came out, it looked like this could be another horrible major for him. He guts it out, finishes the day plus one. I think really, his last 27 holes have been... They've been unreal, and I you know, I love Rory McIlroy, but he just hasn't been that successful as of late, so I love him... You know, sticking with it, grinding it out, and he's a guy who I could see making a run. You know, he's sitting at minus one right now, which I think is a great spot to be in. I mean, he he's finished. He's gotten through two days of golf. He's going to make the cut. Playing some good golf. A little shaky on the back nine um, on Friday, but you know what? He overall for the round, he was one under. He's playing some very inspired golf. You know, I think it would have yeah. been really easy for him to fold it in after the first nine on Thursday and just said, you know, we'll get him next time. I'm plus six right now. Which he's been saying at every major tournament for the last two years. But, you know what, he's usually a front runner. 
one of the greatest front runners I think in golf history and you look at how he's won his majors so you know this is this is really interesting to see from him you know this kind of you know effort to climb back from the bottom and we'll see I mean if he has a big Saturday um you know what it, all bets are off Sunday because Rory McIlroy I think is still one of he's one of the top five most talented golfers out there um no matter what anybody says in my opinion so he's a, he's a guy that I'm looking for. I think he'd definitely make a charge up. Um, and also I want to give a little love Matt Kuchar, playing some fantastic golf. You've been all over the Kuchar train today, but I actually want to agree with you on the McElroy thing. And I think it's interesting. It's how is he going to take to being the face of golf? And that's what I've been hearing a lot of, and maybe not over in America, but definitely over in the rest of the world, is he's got to be the face. There is no Tiger Wood anymore. Woods. It's, there gonna is, to, it's not going to be Jordan Spieth? It could be speed. What I'm saying, there just isn't that defined face of golf right now. And there was a lot of talk that that the tabloids, the media, that everybody being in Rory's ear is making it difficult. Yeah. But I think he shut it off after the first nine. Like we said, the next 27 have been awesome for him, and he's in it. And like I said, unless there's a huge breakaway from these Englishmen who are charging, or from the Americans who can hold on to the league, I think Rory is still very much in this, representing Northern Ireland. So go go Irish, not fighting Irish, but the regular Irish. So I wanted to talk about somebody who I think is on decline in this tournament. I think somebody that is kind of sitting there, a sitting duck per se. A lame duck? Not lame yet. He He could become lame if he stays at the place he is right now. But hanging around right now is Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson is plus one today. So he's even overall in the tournament. I know I'm picking a guy who's over par right now. But he's really been kind of hanging in there. I think that... The guy who has won this tournament, he can kind of finagle his way back towards the top at a certain point. Again, all you have to do is make the cut. And if everything stays the way it stays, I think Stenson really is going to battle there. I think Dustin Johnson, who will also ultimately make the cut, is on the decline. He's one of my declining people right now. Not a lot of drivers used on this course. So his one of his power, most powerful aspects of his game isn't even in use. So I think Dustin Johnson, we're going to see. you know what just came out today, Jake? Um, Henrik Stenson's rental house got blur- burglarized. Yeah, now he has an incentive to win because he needs the money to pay back for or Seriously. to buy back all those How things. How bizarre is that? All his clothes for the week? Hey, I guess the sponsor you got a golf will, will naked new ones. Yeah, I guess he'll get free new free apparel. Maybe that's just like an insurance stunt. He's like, oh, it's all gone. I need more <laughs> nah, clothes. Pro- probably not. But anyways, I think Dustin Johnson on the decline. I think Stenson's kind of about sitting- the other Johnson. The other, my Johnson, Zach Johnson, who is my third tier pick, having the best day so far in round two, shooting four under for the tournament, 66 in round two. He's now plus one on the tourney, so he will make the cut, and I think that that's great because this guy won in 2015. He's been in the top 25. He's going to fall off. He's made the cut four, or five out of the last five years, so... I'm a big Zach Johnson guy right now. Had me a little nervous after day one, but Zach Johnson, definitely a guy I like right now. Who do you, who do you have moving up the leaderboard? <laughs> That's a little bit of bias, a little bit of favoritism, but watch out for the big easy. Oh my God! Or after a else. tough day, or he had a tough day. He's plus one right now. He's won this tournament twice. He's at a ripe 47 years old, but he can still swing it. Great, I think one of the greatest guys on the tour right now, Ernie Els. Saw the South African. I think he's got some spark left in him. You can still see it when he's playing. I think he's going to make a run, and I think he's going to make it interesting come Sunday. He has won this tournament twice, so he knows what it takes to win, and I know he's a lot older now than he used to be, but I don't care. He's my favorite player. I think he's going to move up. A little bit of favoritism, but he's plus one. He's hanging in there. 
and he's going to make a move. Just watch. Everybody watch the Big Easy. All right. Watch the Big Easy, says Xander. We've got, again, Thomas Peters having a good round, another person. Jared, that's actually... I wanted to bring up Thomas Peters because that's always Jared's pick. He didn't actually take him in any of the pools he did this year, or this major, but... Thomas Peters tied for seventh right now. He's two under overall. It was one under on the day, and he's only through six. So watch out for him and the way he plays. Again, a lot of people getting going today that can make an impact going into Saturday. So we'll have to see where it goes from there. Ultimately, Xander, who do you think is winning this tournament? Ooh, that's tough. I am going to stick. I don't, Ernie Els, I hope he wins, but I, I think. But who do you think realistically has it in the bag right now? I don't know if I don't think anybody has it in the bag. If I was going to make a pick, I'm going to go with a guy who has not won a major yet. I think Ricky Fowler is going to win this tournament. Oh God, you are picking some just. Oh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, Ricky Fowler at least is being kind to me this time and not even competing at the top. So I don't have to worry about his breakdown at the end. But I, in my opinion, I think Spieth really won. It's easy to take the guy who's on top of the leaderboard. Well, that's but that's exactly why I'm taking him because when he does have a lead, he's pretty good at maintaining it. The way he finished off at the Trailers Championship, which was his last tournament, very spectacular. I know it was a much or it was a very impressive shot that ultimately won it for him. But I think he's going to hold on to this lead, barring that Kepka has one of his awesome mate or U.S. Open runs right here. I'm really going to roll with Spieth. I think Spieth is going to win this tournament. It's going to be his first Open Championship win, and I'll be back in good graces with him at this point. I, I, I think if I pick his win, then me and him are friends again, uh, by default. You, you shit on him enough for him to never want to speak to you again. But I think this is this is where we mend we mend whatever is broken. I see another weak Sunday coming from Jordan Spieth, and oh. the thing I like about Ricky Fowler in this spot is that, obviously, he's a guy who... Being one of the kind of young and up and coming golfers has always been pressured really into the fact that he's never won a major. So I like the fact here that he's really not being talked about, nor should he at plus two. But he's a guy who I think making a run on the back end could take off some of that pressure and, you know, really catapult him to winning this tournament, which I think he's definitely got the talent to, uh, regardless of whether he does it. I don't know. But he's a guy I'd look out for. Look out for Ernie Els, the big easy. And also look out for Ian Poulter. All right. And <laughs> Great call for Another person you don't have to and look out for. Peter Eulen. No, we're done with the Eulen. <laughs> Xander really is into his picks right now in his pool. I'm... I'm more letting my guys making the cut. I'm letting my picks speak for themselves. Yeah, Jason Day is not going to make the cut. We'll see what happens, but I do want to take a golfer off of your guys' list to watch. Just you know what I'm helping? I'm your guide for who you should be paying attention to during the open. I'm taking Charlie Hoffman off of your guys' list. (laughs) The guy is tied for fifteenth, so once again this year he's in the top twenty five spot for a major, but he needs to be taken off. Just like he should have been taken off of all those other lists, every other major. So salty about that one turn. And he's Doing it again. Had a rough day. Plus three again today and back to even. He's going he's to fall, fall harder tomorrow. He's going to fall even harder on Sunday. I hope he's going to be out. Of, I think he's going to be lower than most people who got cut. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk.fm. Reach out to us on our social media. Join our pools. We'll start running fantasy pools for you in the near future. Other than that, have a fantastic day, and we'll be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge. And like I said, this is the comeback show. Everybody is coming back, whether it's the Cubs, whether it's me and Xander, better than ever, again. And football is on the horizon. That's what we want to talk about the today. The distant horizon. The distant horizon, but we are coming close to training camp, and we're going to do a fun little package for you guys for the next couple of weeks. We're going to break down fantasy positions, so essentially what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break down this upcoming draft. I know your fantasy drafts are the best day of your year, because it's the best day of our year, yeah. and we're I mean, very excited Our, our breakdowns will more or less be us bitching at each other about who is better. That's fair, too, Which but is- I'm, we're going to try to help you a little bit, and we've got the rankings here in front of us. And I just want to say this because Xander almost let me get away without saying this this time. We're moving on from the British Open, so we've beaten the nail into the horse's head on the golf today. But now we're coming around to football. So, the position we're breaking down this week is quarterbacks. You know who I have a huge love for and who, <laughs> who I would love to have on my team, but that's just not my style. I don't draft who quarterbacks in the first round. His name is Aaron Rodgers. Xander almost got me to say Brett Favre right there. If I could still draft Brett Favre, I would, but I can't anymore. They finally have taken him off most of fantasy football websites. But, Xander, there are two types of people in the league, and me and you are actually, for the first time, not going to disagree on this part. There are two types of people... You you might have spoken too soon. Okay, well, the first kind of person is a person who drafts a quarterback in the first round. And then there's the type of person in the league who, similar to us... They see the value in receivers, running backs, and other position players and can wait for a quarterback later in the draft. Generally, the last two years, what I've noticed is I've waited to take a quarterback until people started kind of taking their second quarterback, which is also annoying because you got that person who drafts a quarterback in the first round and then feels the need to draft a quarterback in the fifth round. Dude, I, you know what? I think, though, if you wait, you're at the mercy of everybody else, no matter how stupid it may seem that someone takes their second quarterback when you still have none. You know what? You got to live with it. I know. You're going to make that decision. But I also think you, you missed a very big subsect of drafters, which I would have myself fall into, which is the people who kind of take a quarterback at what I would say is a normal time, around the third or fourth round. Obviously, you said there's people who take guys in the first round, which in the league we play in, there's different kinds of leagues. We play in a one quarterback, I think half a point PPR league. Half a point PPR, yeah. So in and that we're in a 10 person league, league also. 10 person league. So. I think our league is more conducive to waiting on a quarterback because, you know, not only do we not have a two-quarterback league, but there's so much more value that you can get from other positions in comparison to the rest of that specific category. It's not to say that Aaron Rodgers isn't so much better than, you know, a Matthew Stafford or Ben Roethlisberger, but 
the drop off between the top running backs and the middle tier and the bottom is much more than the drop off in quarterbacks. And I think I'm starting to see that in wide receivers also this year. Wouldn't would break that down, but. For the people who like drafting quarterbacks in the first round, I, I want to see what you're thinking. So I know Aaron Rodgers qualifies for that. And I know I, right now Drew it's Brees... It's very tough. Well, say, put your... See, Xander, you got to put yourself in the mindset of those who draft in the first round. I think it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees right now. And my only concern with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and it's not... I think they can perform at that level, is they are getting... There has to be that drop-off. And if you think about it, Peyton Manning had his 50-touchdown season, and then you saw his drop-off the next season. So it can happen at any time. I'm not saying it's happening this year, but for Drew Brees and Tom Brady to be ranked second and third, I I don't know. That just shows there isn't like a quarterback that I think is, is as dominant. I think Aaron Rodgers is clearly the most dominant quarterback coming into this year. Because would you take Matt Ryan in the first round? If you're one of those first-round drafters, are you taking Matt Ryan in the first round? I don't think so. I don't think the value is there for that. Why wouldn't you take Julio Jones in that place? I Well, I agree with that, Like, but I don't know. First of all, Drew Brees, I think, is a little overrated at the third spot, which I think most people have him right around there. Like you said, the age, um, you know, did lose Brandon Cooks, and I just don't. I don't see they like same. Mike Thomas a lot down there. They think Mike he, Thomas Mike, you jumps. Know Mike, Mike Thomas, Thomas is one of those fantastic. fantasy receivers we'll get into in a couple of weeks. Right. But going to your point, Tom Brady has not shown, in my opinion, one iota of slowing down. Which I agree. And, I don't, so, and I'm not. I just it can happen at any point can, is the worry. But it can happen to Aaron Rodgers too. Just yeah, because Aaron, Tom Brady is older and has performed at this high of a level for this long, doesn't mean that it can't happen to younger guys. It's not to say that everybody ages the same way. Um, and Tom Brady, I think with the addition of, he, he's the one who got Brandon Cooks. Yeah, This I is mean, a dangerous receiving squad. It's Tom Brady's receiving squads are always dangerous because he's throwing in the ball, but they actually have some legitimate weapons now. I always think the, the weapons around. are more valuable for Tom Brady than Tom Brady is for those weapons, like fantasy-wise. I, other than the Randy Moss year... There isn't a fantasy receiver I would take on the Patriots and be confident. Oh, I agree, but I think Tom Tom Brady was the reason that those receiving corpses were even yeah. somewhat relevant. No, and I so I I value Tom. Tom hops back into the first round. I mean, if you think about the last couple of years, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick. I drafted Tom Brady near the end of the draft two years ago when his suspension was happening after right. injury and stuff. So Tom could be hopping back into the first round for those people, but. I want to break it down for the people who are like Xander, maybe people like me who wait a little bit longer, because I think there are quarterbacks this year who you don't need to take super early. I mean, Andrew Luck, I think, falls into your range a little bit. I, I would agree. And but I'm, my, my like, range, I'm a type of guy who I don't think I would go with a quarterback in the first round in our type of draft, just because yeah. I think you're... You're set. If you look at it straight points-wise, somebody could say, well, poor quarterbacks get the most points per week on average. They're the most consistent. Maybe they are, but their value, the quarterbacks 1 through 10 in value to the maybe the running backs 1 through 20, if you take two running backs in your squad, the value is different. So the way that you draft, I think, is not squarely based on how many points a guy scores each week. It's how much more, how much more value the guy has relative to his position, which is your perfect point with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Maybe Matt Ryan scores a point more a week on average, but... Julio Jones, in comparison to the next best receiver or the next group of receiver, is astronomically higher. Well, my question is, so 
would you say typically third, fourth round, you like kind of dabbling in the quarterback I range? Because I have quarterbacks for you in that range that I'm curious about. Well, so I, I'm not a first round guy. Maybe I'm only really a second round guy, I would think, if it's near the end. Because I, I realize that I'm probably not going to get the first guy that I want. You know, if I want Aaron Rodgers. I'll take if I really want him at the end of the second. I will take him, but I'm realizing there's probably going to be two or three guys that go before I really start thinking about it, and then I'll have a group of three or four guys. Yeah. Who and that was what happened with me last year. I think it went. Um, Rogers went first. Breeze early was second. up there. I, you know, I I took. Oh, you took Breeze. I took Breeze as the fourth quarterback. Cam after, Newton was the top. Pick I think after it was last like year. Newton, Brady, Luck, Rogers. I took Breeze as the fifth quarterback. I think it was the Breeze fourth. had five thousand yards again. Though, it was the fourth year. or fifth round, and I was like, Breeze is a guy that I want. All these other guys, these quarterbacks that are taken above me, I don't really care. But I know that these other guys behind me in the draft are looking for a quarterback now, and I really like Drew Breeze. So that's where I thought it's okay for me to take him now. But if I would have waited, then I would have probably made the choice to wait till round ten because mm-hmm. if there wasn't a guy who I liked, you know, the difference between Roethlisberger, Stafford. You know, Derek Carr, I, there's not a well, discernible difference. That's that. my question because now you're in that position again. We're going to put you in that position again this year. You're interested. Here's the quarterbacks that will are projected to be there for you. Okay. It's Luck, Wilson, Roethlisberger, and Dak Prescott are the top of that line. And is there any of those guys you feel comfortable with, or are you even willing to go to the next tier? Because the next tier of people like Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, I— I like that tier better. I, exactly. That's why I'm curious. This this year is really interesting for quarterbacks because you can you can hop on luck, which I think luck. You can't. I don't know if you can call him a sleeper, but I think he's gonna have a good year. They invest. If you, they didn't invest in the line. They invested in receiving help. But I think luck could have a bounce. Andrew back. Luck is a guy who could. I think if he finished this year as the number one quarterback by far, wouldn't I, surprise. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, but I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I want put your to eggs in his up. basket. Right, like it, that's fine. And you'd be buying low if you bought if you if you drafted him here. But I think you'd get him for a fair price. He's not going to be the first quarterback taken. No, um, and I think you do is. get him at that third, fourth round area. I I will never dra- draft Russell Wilson. That's just not who I am. I, I agree. He's not, I just he's not the quarterback. He's a great player. Yes. He's not my. He's not the fantasy quarterback you want. No, and I I honestly think the fantasy game has struggled a little bit more with the loss of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, it might be a little counterintuitive. You know, have a great running back. He's taking away yards from Russell Wilson, anyways. But you think about the game that of backfield. Football, he was just the, getting hit. Every, everybody compliments. You know, running good running game compliments a good quarterback. Game, you know, and yeah. it just takes more pressure off. But I agree with you. Russell Wilson's not my type of quarterback. And was Big it Roethlisberger? Ben. Big Ben to get injury worries. Also up there in age was considering retirement. He's got the receivers. That's. There's no question about that. But he also, fantasy-wise, he can put up that 30-point game we've seen from him, and then he throws a 14-point dud. And I've never been comfortable with Roethlisberger. I've been playing for so long, and I've never once had him on any of my teams. But we'll be back with more NFL fantasy talk and quarterbacks as we're going to break down that next tier of quarterbacks we're talking about. I had Derek Carr last year, really had a spectacular, spectacular year before he got hurt. And then we also have our sleeper picks in the quarterback ranks. But we'll be back after the break, everybody. This is Liberty Talk. This is Sporting Edge on LibertyTalk.fm. See you guys soon. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. We're going to finish off talking about quarterbacks and where we find them valuable in the draft and kind of our idea of quarterbacks we want to draft this year. We talked about the second tier of guys that could be your round three, your round four guys just aren't 
super enticing to take because there's a lot of options you can get later where you save some value taking running backs and wide receivers earlier on. Maybe even a tight end. Who knows? But in this third tier of quarterbacks, it actually starts off with Kirk Cousins, who's the nine. We got Cam Newton following that with Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Philip Rivers, Matt Stafford, and my boy Jameis Winston. And I'll explain why Jameis Winston's my boy here in a second. But I think that's an interesting tier. I think there's a lot in there that can be good. I don't like Philip Rivers per se. I think he's one of my least favorite quarterbacks, and I don't like Kirk Cousins in as highly league, rated as he is. Ten-team league, our league with one quarterback. If you don't like Phillip Rivers, you don't have to take him. Yeah, I think he doesn't even have to be your backup. And that's, that's personally, I've never played in one, but I do like the concept of a two-quarterback league more because it puts an extra emphasis on the draft, I think, by getting two very good quarterbacks. But this kind of draft, like you said, if you miss on the first four or five guys... You can sit back till round 11 or 12 and get a guy like a Jameis Winston or a Mariota. Maybe I think that might be a little late. Maybe. I think that's when second quarterbacks are taken. You need your backup for bye weeks. You need your backup for injuries. But I like Cam at the t- I like being the 10th-ranked quarterback. I know he had somewhat of a down year last year. That team overall had a down year. He had 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. I think he has a bounce-back year. They're projecting 26 touchdowns. I know that's not as high as you want from your quarterback. You'd hope they break 30. But you could also factor in his running. He's probably the best rushing quarterback there is right now. I think Jameis Winston can get a nice little boost there as well. And back to Russell Wilson. He can move on the ground. Doesn't score a whole lot. But Cam Newton, I think if he slipped to me, fifth, sixth round, I'm considering for sure. Fifth or sixth round? If he makes it that far. That's you think? I think he'll be there in the eighth. I don't think he will be. I think I oh, would. Dra- if I, I saw Cam Newton on my board at six in the sixth round, I'm taking. My him. two cents on Cam Newton is that I'm staying away from him. Um, There's some people I who like him. to stay away from him. I, I, he's not my type of guy. That I like to draft. Um, but he, in, even when he was the number one quarterback, I didn't really want to take him just because I don't like. I don't like the fact that he runs the ball really. I don't like the injury risk, and not to say that you know he's he's never really been injured. Um, you know, I've made the comparison things. to LeBron. His body type is yeah. like LeBron, and he but he's I, durable. I, I also just don't, you know what? I mean, some guys come out and play great, and some and some guys just kind of keep regressing. I don't, I don't see Cam Newton as a guy who's going to come out and have an amazing year. On the other hand, though, I do agree with you. I'm a big fan of Jameis Winston. Really excited to see what he does with, you know, he has Mike Evans, who's probably the one top, in the top, top five top three i would say so yeah i think he okay he can absolutely top, be a top, top five top three top five whatever um, you want to put Mike um, Evans but in. also deshaun jackson who is i think kind of a bump he's been injured so many times in his career does have blow the top off the defense speed though which i think he has done and i think he showed at the end of last season right. in fact deshaun jackson's numbers at the end of last season had him in the top 25 for wide receivers so I and oj howard who is probably the best if not second best tight end in college football, those three guys it just seems like. And OJ Howard's massive. It I think, could be a great receiving core over it, there. And Winston, I like that you brought him up because he is my sleeper. I would love to draft him. I mean, it would be safe to have him as my second quarterback, but if he was my first quarterback, I wouldn't be upset. All he has done is progress over the last couple of years. I think he's going to break the 30 touchdown plateau this year. He really has just been. A rookie trying to establish himself in this league, and I think it's past that point. It is his team now. They've built around him in terms of weapons they need on the offense. This Tampa Bay team could surprise us in terms of record and maybe a playoff push. I mean, they're not in the best division per se. I know they're playing Um, against Falcons, Saints, Saints, and Panthers. So you got the Falcons, but the Falcons have been a hit and miss team too, where they've been to the playoffs and then missed next year. That division's always 
varying. So I like sure. I like Winston. I also like Derek Carr. Like I said, Derek Carr was my fantasy quarterback last year after I had to go through quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers at one point had to start for me, and I just will never go back that route. Derek Carr has weapons. I think he's fantastic and would be another guy I like to pick in that situation. But that's all the time we have for football. We're going to now head back over to our other sport where we are drinking blue Kool-Aid, blue Gatorade, blue whatever you want to make liquor-wise. Think about it. We are drinking whatever you have for us because we are on the Cubs. They have won six in a row. They're coming into this series with the St. Louis Cardinals who are a little bit back, have had a pretty good stretch. Um, So we definitely need to knock down the Cardinals a tad bit. But the Brewers have slipped to the point where the Cubs are only a game back. Yes, this is big. I am also drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't really want to, but I kind of compared this to, um, you know, we were all on a big, nice, fancy ship. The Cubs won the World Series. All the Cubs fans are having a great time. This season started. Ship broke down. We were all on life rafts and um, kind of crawling around. There was no water to drink because you're not supposed to drink the salt water. Never drink the salt water. It'll kill you. But we got to a point at the All-Star break where Cubs fans, we were just so thirsty that we had no choice but to drink the salt water and hope we could get to shore before the salt water killed Killed us. us. And now we're moving along. Like you said, Cubs are about even with the Brewers. And I I think this Cubs team is is a team that could still win this division by eight or nine games. I know, and they're not done adding yet. I think they're going to add another piece. Right. Quintana was huge. Huge. And I think this weekend's going to be awesome with Arietta, Quintana, and Lester all going back-to-back-to-back against this Cardinals team. I think it's a necessary weekend. I think they need to sweep this one as well because then they go to U.S. Cellular, which is not U.S. Cellular anymore. But they Guaranteed rate. Guaranteed rate stadium, the other side of field. Chicago. Field. Guaranteed rate field. Whatever it is, they changed their name, Comiskey, U.S. Cellular, Guaranteed Rate. I don't care what they are anymore. The White Sox are nothing to me until 2020 when all their recruits are back up. But they go there, and then they get the Brewers in Milwaukee. So I think they've got a nice stretch of nine games coming up. I think they should be able to beat down on the White Sox. That just is fun for the fans here, in, uh, the Cubs fans here in Chicago. You like that little rivalry. You love beating the Cardinals. And at this point, with the Brewers being where they are, you couldn't be happier if they went in there and swept them. So I think it's going to be a fun next nine games for this team. If they came out 9-0 and from this stretch and they They're go on to win 15 in a row, I mean, that everyone should be drinking that Kool-Aid. Except for Dylan. Except for we have a friend who can hold off for as long as he wants to. He's a negative Nelly. He loves his Cubs more than anybody else. But he's being a negative Nelly right now. We're trying to get him to sip the Kool-Aid. He just isn't Dude, just it. tell him you drink it, and if it's poisonous, then you'll die. It's not yeah, at least you won't suffer anymore. Right. Like, you suffer, you drink it, you have the rest of this season. If you die, you die. You're done suffering. So, anyways. I've got, this is unbelievable. Looking at the MLB standings right now, if I were to tell you that the Chicago White Sox... We're closer to winning their division than the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. What would you say to that? I think it's just how that just shows how good the Dodgers have been. Dude, I remember this a couple weeks ago. We looked at this division, best in baseball probably. Yeah. And I would I wouldn't throw out that it still is, but this Dodgers team is on a his, historic pace. The Rockies and the Diamondbacks are now ten and a half games out yeah. apiece. Yet they still have the third and fourth best record in the NL. It's unbelievable looking at this division. Like I said, the Sox are in last place in their division. They're nine and a half games out. But it just shows you this Dodgers team has been so hot. And look, Alex Wood became the first Dodgers starter to win his first 10 decisions since Preacher Row in 1951. Wow. Um, 156 ERA. Obviously and that's the guy they needed. 
with right. they needed, they needed a second guy. dominant pitcher. They needed a guy, Cody Bellinger, um, twenty six home runs. It just doesn't He's add. He's got some funky... Corey Seager, Justin Turner having an unbelievable year. Justin like, Turner leading the league in average now, now that he qualifies again after missing so much time. Right. I mean, this team is 36 games over 500, and they're just making mincemeat of the rest of baseball right now. So I'd love for the Cubs to not have to face the Dodgers or Nationals in the first round of the postseason, but I would love to see... The Nationals versus Dodgers. I think that matchup would be absolutely incredible. I think the bats in Washington are beyond studly. And I love, we talked about this this week on TV, but Nationals edition of Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen. Adds their pitching, which was a little bit woesome. And their relief staff. The bullpen was one of the worst in the league. Great addition for them. I think it'll help them down the stretch. Absolutely. So we're hoping for a National-Dodger matchup in the postseason and the Cubs to coast their way to a matchup between one of those two. But that is all the time we have this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Sporting Edge. This is Wits and Roz. You can find us on LibertyTalk.fm or AMFM 24-7. Also, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to communicate with you guys. Have a fantastic week, and we'll get back to you next week, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.